are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Thank you for being a faithful church. God bless all of you. Sunday was a good day in the Lord's house. We're closing out now um, this Sunday, the last Sunday in February. And that means two months in the record book. Are you doing well? Come to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, tithing, serving God, passing tracts, I hope so. Reading our Bible, praying, the Christian life's the best life. I tell you what, I'm so grateful I'm saved and on my way to heaven and know the Lord Jesus Christ. We are, um, we're looking uh, at every week a book in the Bible. I don't know how long we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it all year long. But my job, my job is to try to keep us challenged and motivated in reading the Bible. Some of you were on the 30-day program where you read the Bible through in 30 days. That's a great feat. I hope that there's many in our church that did that. A lot of the children, sixth grade and below out here, of course, younger children, they're trying to read through the book of Proverbs this year or the book of Psalms this year or the book of Psalms and Proverbs this year. Some in our church are reading through the Old Testament. Some are reading through the Old and New Testament. But I challenge all of us to read the Word of God. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. But... Don't read your Bible. Don't uh, ever pray, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. We close out tonight. It will start in chapter one, and uh, there's no real easy way to do a synopsis or just a study on the 32 chapters that are before us tonight. But this is where Moses is closing out the Pentateuch. Now, that word Pentateuch is not in the Bible. It refers to the first five books that he penned in the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Pentateuch just simply means the scrolls or the book. When you get to the book of Deuteronomy, it means something. We'll see in just a moment. We'll uh, survey it a little bit. You may want to mark your Bible. But as we look back at Genesis, Genesis means what? Beginnings. And I want to give you a letter R tonight, real briefly by way of introduction. Really, Genesis deals with ruin, R-U-I-N, and rebellion. Sin is introduced. Murder is introduced. Lying to your children is introduced. Lying to your parents is introduced. Uh, anarchy in the home is introduced. Uh, falling in the garden, sinning in the garden is introduced. It's a book of ruin, of judgment, and it ends... In, Revelation, in Genesis 50, the last verse, in a coffin in Egypt. Starts so good. Life. God creates life. It ends in death. And all those things between there. The book of Deuteronomy closes the same way. It closes chapter 32 where Moses went up to Mount Pisgah. And at Mount Pisgah, he looked down. God says, you're not going to go into that promised land. But he said, Joshua can go. He's going to lead the people in. But he said, I want you to take a little view and look at 
that Canaan land. And from Mount Pisgah's lofty heights, I'll view my home and take my flight. Sweet hour of prayer. That's what that hymn is talking about, that stanza. He went to a mountain, Mount Pisgah. In, in the south, many places you'll go, I've preached around Mount Pisgah or a city of Pisgah. It's used a lot of times, that word Pisgah. We see Genesis is ruin. Exodus means to do what? Exit, to leave. And I find that is a book of also redemption where God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Genesis is ruin. And Exodus is redemption as they exit that land. Leviticus, of course, you know it. We saw it deals with holiness 87 times. God declared, I want you to be holy. We're not prepared to go into the promised land dirty and filthy. And so as Genesis is ruined and Exodus is redemption, Leviticus would have to be righteousness. God wants us to be righteous people. You know, if you're like me, and I would imagine you are, like the songwriter said, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the path or the one I love. I'm amazed how easy it is to do wrong. I'm amazed how easy it is to have fear or frustration or how easy it is to think that, that God cannot use us, whatever it might be. And I don't know what your sin that does so easily beset you, but we all have one, and we have perhaps more than one. Maybe your sin is you're just hinged in the middle, in the tongue. God calls it double tongue. You don't want to be that way, and a lot of times you'll say things, and you'll just speak your mind, and you think, why did I do that? Because that's easy for us. Rune, redemption, righteousness. And then we saw numbers. I wonder what the book of numbers, let me just see. What, what would the book of numbers be about, class, church? Oh, smart crowd, you must have a good instructor. Numbers would be numbers. And really, it's a book where they're numbering all the people, how many people, how many tribes, how, how many men of war, and they're numbering because they're getting ready. And I know I might be forcing that a little bit, but they're getting all the tribes ready and they're getting all the warriors ready. Everybody's getting ready because they're moving on out. Don't drive your stakes too deep, brother. We're moving in the morning. And soon and very soon, we're gonna go see the King of Kings. Maybe today, maybe today. I, I don't really, I, I don't, it is rare if I would watch the news and I wouldn't watch, I try to watch it once in a while to get, what's the weather gonna be like? And I like it to, to hear the weather because then I, I, if I was a betting man, I'd bet against the weather because it's normally wrong. I really don't like to have that job. Well, it looks like rain tomorrow. And uh, there's no rain, it's sunshine tomorrow, but nonetheless, re ruin, rebellion, redemption, righteousness, and ready. And I know I'm forcing this one on Deuteronomy, but I call it the road. R-O-A-D, because now they're traveling into that land, that promised land. It's all, all the wandering is over. 
as you look at the book of Deuteronomy, the Bible says these, verse one, these be the what? And that's what the book word Deuteronomy means. Deuteronomy, what does Deuteronomy mean? It means the words. These be the words of whom the Bible says uh, that uh, Moses spake unto all Israel on this side of the Jordan. And it's a book of transition on this road of life. They're burying all the old generation and leaving them after they've been wandering around for 40 years. And they're leaving that generation here. And the new generation is coming on in. We always live for the next generation. That's why I'm so, so determined to pay off all this debt. And it's good debt. We have not, we've not borrowed money to buy buses. Paid almost a million dollars last two years ago for buses. We raised that money. We've raised money for the, the shuttle buses and we're negotiating right now on a couple more new shuttles and we're negotiating right now with, uh, on, on a couple more, uh, some more buses, paying cash for them. Uh, we, don't, we don't finance things and we don't finance furniture and we don't finance, we, we, have, we have gone in debt for land and buildings and guess what? I think it's a good investment because Clyde Avenue, one acre, was valued at over $16 million. This property's been valued several years ago over $40 million. That's good stewardship as I see it. I want to say tonight that the old generation is going to die off. And when we die off, the young generation, don't blow what's been handed to you. These people have been for 40 years in tents. And now God says you're going to get houses. Houses you did not build. Many of you that one day will assume the leadership of this church in the pastorate and in the college and in the school, on the radio and the Sunday school classes and the bus ministry, uh, you didn't have to pay for these buildings. The old generation did. And the old generation did so much to preserve old time religion. I, I commend the people that have been here these years and newer ones and older ones as well because you've kept the hymn book alive in our church. You've kept the good book alive in our church. You've kept the checkbook alive. You've kept old time religion alive. Young people, now that you go in the promised land, don't bring in rock and roll. We kept these aisles, moving people down these aisles, getting saved. Amen. We're nearing, we're a few years away, but we're nearing 100,000 people that have walked the aisles of our church in 43 and a half years, have been led to Christ personally one-on-one. -on -one. That's down the aisle. That's not out in the streets. There have been many more than that out in the streets. Won't take long, but we'll have baptized our 20,000th person these aisles have been used to usher people in the house of God and put them under the preaching of the word of God and watching people get saved and called of God to preach and serve God. And the old generation's been part of that new generation. And don't buy into this new fangled contemporary emergent church. Don't get rid of this pulpit. Don't get rid of that verse right there. Say it together, ready? That in all things, 
That's Colossians 1.18. We chose that verse 43 years ago. That's been our theme around here, that he might have the preeminence. We don't want a rock band. Don't throw this out and put a stool here. Don't throw the pianos and that old-fashioned organ out and these instruments and get a drummer in here and dance band in here. These be the words of Moses. The old generation's leaving. The generation, the leadership is leaving. Moses is gonna leave in this chapter, this book. He's gonna leave it to Joshua. Joshua chapter one. Now Moses, my servant, is dead. And God raised up that man by the name of Joshua. And Joshua told the people, this land that the Lord thy God did give thee from the going down of the sun to the Euphrates, and he listed it all out in chapter one. And he said, he said in chapter one, in verse number eight, this book of the law, the new leader came on the scene. We'll see it next week. This book of the law shalt thou meditate in day and night, for in it thou shalt have good success. And he told those people, all this land God gave us, and we want God, the Lord, to be magnified, and we want the law, this book of the law. And he said, I want you to follow the leadership of God's man. He goes, God chose me to be the man to follow Moses. I need your help. And they said, we'll follow. We'll follow you, Moses, uh, Joshua. Thank God for the old leadership, but thank God for the new leadership that's coming on. Thank God for the old tents. Thank God you have houses coming. Thank God for the bread that God fed you for 40 years with manna from heaven every day. But now you're going to have more than manna. You're going to have food because they've already viewed the land. Joshua and Caleb viewed it. They saw the grapes of escrow. They saw that all the leeks and the cookies. God had for them. It's a chance transition from diet from manna to milk and honey and corn. It's a transition from tents to houses. It's a transition from Moses to, to Joshua. It's a, transi a transition from being moving around to being settled and being anchored. Ladies and gentlemen, there's something about homesteading. There's something about getting anchored somewhere, placing your roots somewhere, God said these children of Israel, you, you've, been, you've been for 40 years. Why were they wandering around? God says, because of your unbelief. And now I want you to be anchored. I want you to go up and possess that land. If you'll write in your notes, chapter 1 through 11 is looking back. Before you go forward, you have to look back. That's why we're trying to leave so much heritage around here. Printed page. I put out that, we put out the publications, they did it, I didn't do it, the, the, the vision book. And the vision book says, here is what we're trying to build, that we've been trying for all these years. We, we, we've, we, we've tried to lead, build this church on the scriptures, the old King James Bible. We've tried to build it on stewardship, giving, sacrifice, and investing in the We've tried to see that the second generation, our sons and our daughters are so, we've tried to see the schools and the training and raising up our boys and girls for God. We've tried to make the sanctuary, the house of God preeminent. We've not been playing at this thing wondering, I wonder where we're going in this church. You know where we're going. 
Our Sunday school teachers know the 10 S's. We've been publishing for 43 years around here. First thing when a child comes, we'll go through them all, but if a child comes to our class or an adult comes to our class, are they saved? Try to see people get saved. And the purpose of Sunday school is to lead people to Christ and perhaps go back out to the home and follow up. And then to see them surrender to believers' baptism. And then to see them become part of the sanctuary, the house of God, and then begin to tithe and give stewardship and then soul winning. Oh, I tell you what, we know where we're headed. And that's what this book of Deuteronomy, the first 11 chapters, I want you to look back. We're gonna look at it just momentarily. I want you to look back. This is what God did. This is how you failed. But this is what God did. Young generation, look back. And new generation, he said in verse chapter 12, through the end, I want you to look forward. What you have to look forward to. As we're looking back, I want to bring to your attention, look at verse 2. There are 11 days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir under Kadesh Barnea. And watch it. How long? 11 days. If they would have made the journey, they could have been in the promised land in 11 days. They were that close. They could have made it in 11 days walking. How long did it take? The next verse tells you. And it came to pass in the 40th year. Please, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, singing, speaking to the choir. You folks are so faithful. But don't figure out what you're supposed to do for God 40 years from now. Don't take a lifetime wasting, spinning your wheels. And you're 11 days away from the blessings of God and we spin our wheels. I don't, I don't like it. I don't enjoy that. I'm not going to do that. I'm too tired. I'm worn out. Someone else, and we just spin, spin, spin. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to begin to pray. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to study the Word of God. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to pray with my mate every night before I go to bed. I'm going to pray with my children. I'm going to read the Bible with my kids, but I'm going to do it but we put it off and we spin our wheels. We're right there, 11 days, and it takes 40 years. There's not been many that have admitted this to me, but some have. In the last days, I've wasted my life, Brother Treber. I think of a man who was not a member of this church, but at a pastor's conference about, oh, I guess 32 years ago, he said, the man that preached tonight was 62 he said, I'm 62. We were born the same month, same year. God called him to preach, and God called me to preach almost about the exact same time. And I've destroyed my life with so many marriages and so many this and so many visions about so many accomplishments in, the, in this world of business. And, and that man preached tonight, and he said, I've wasted my life. I was a young preacher. I didn't know what to tell him. I said, I don't know all about your life, sir. He was visiting. I've never seen him since. But I said, I don't think it's too late. He said, trust me, it's too late. 
Trust me, it's too late. I was in his shoes. I don't know what he's talking about. But, but don't look back with regrets. I'm not going to tell you it all is going to turn out right. I battle what you battle. I won't tell you how recent, but sometimes I think, is there anybody? And fill in the blank, because I won't want to go there, poor me attitude. I think sometimes, what, God, what am I doing? Am I wasting my life for you? And I said, Lord, I'm not, but it just, and I fill in the blank at all. I wonder some days, is, is there going to be one encouraging moment? Or is it all just negative and problems and difficulties and not the truth and, and people? I heard, I know you didn't hear that. I can't tell you what, what you want to hear, but no. And here, here he says, you, this, Moses, you, you've been here long enough, verse 6. In these first several chapters, I want you to see this, chapter 2, verse 4. And command thou the people, saying, Ye are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, and dwell in Seir. They shall be afraid of you. Watch this. He'll say this statement repeatedly now. Take good heed unto yourself. Mind your own business. Listen, watch, observe, pay attention to yourself. Notice what he says in chapter 4 in verse number 9. Let's read the first part to the word of thyself. Ready? Chapter 4, verse 9. Begin. Only take heed to thyself. Look what he says in chapter 4, verse 15. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourself. Verse 23. Take heed unto yourself. Jump over to chapter 11. We'll just get a few of these here tonight and keep moving. Chapter 11 and verse number 16. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived. He says in chapter number 12, let's go to the next chapter, verse 13. Take heed unto thyself. Don't turn there, but 24, take heed to thyself. First Timothy, uh, ch chapter, number, uh, uh, chapter number four, verse number 16. Paul says to young Timothy in the faith, take heed to thyself. What's he telling these children of Israel? Uh, looking back and looking forward, mind your own business. Listen to me about you. Don't solve the world's problems. Just take heed to yourself. Just take heed to yourself. What a powerful text. That I'm, to, I'm to watch my life. I'm to watch my habits. I'm to watch my behavior. You know what else I find? Go to chapter 5 as we're back there in these first few chapters. Chapter 5, we're looking back, and he says, I want to review to you as you get into the promised land. I want to review with you the Ten Commandments, verse 7, 8, and 9. Shall we read them together? Chapter 5, 7, 8, and 9. Ready, begin. Thou shalt have none other 
30 years ago in our church explained to us iniquity and sin. God says he's not necessarily going to visit the sin into the fourth and fifth generations. He's going to visit the iniquity. In other words, my sin, I'm a drunk, so my kids have to be drunks. No, no, no. Iniquity, says, deals with the attitude of man. Some people, as they have sin enter their life, they deal with their sin. They take heed to themselves. They come responsible. They take ownership. And my iniquity, but when a parent glosses, and everybody knows, and the family knows, and we gloss over the fact, that's not my fault, that's not my problem, that's the church. The church did it, and we blame the church. Guess what? It just keeps going one generation after another. We, we don't deal with it. I've watched parents do wrong and then say, I want to tell, and they've confessed to the kids we're wrong. And I've watched a different result many times as well. Have to take ownership. He says here in verse number uh, 11, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord God, thy God in vain. Keep the Sabbath day, verse number 12. Six days shalt thou labor, do all the work. Seventh is a Sabbath. Verse number 16, which is the fifth commandment. Honor thy father, thy mother. Still in the command, and he said, I want you to review what, what I gave you, but carry it into the promised land. Carry it into the land. Though you put your mother and dad in graves in Egypt or in the, in, in, in the wilderness, I want to remind you, have a heart for your family. Love your family. Love your mother. Love your dad. I, I told you before, but in the morning, I'm getting ready. I look in that, right there, right, right here on this. I look, I see my wife's mother. Right before she died at age 45, I see that my wife's mother. And I know it's crazy, sometimes I talk to her quite often, thank you. Thank you, this is your son-in-law, I never saw you. But thank you for raising your girl. I owe you so much. And then I see that man and that little lady, I say, Mother, Dad, I, I know I'm supposed to speak to God, but I sure love you. I say often, Dad, I wish I was half the man you were. I wish I had such quality like you. I, I want you to know I want to honor my father and my mother. Verse 17, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not desire thy neighbor's wife, neither shall thou covet thy neighbor's house. Then we get to chapter 12. Let's move on over there quickly. And I know I'm about out of time. And I want to say another little word as we get to 12. I meant to tell you this earlier, but a little word I found in Deuteronomy uh, January about four years ago. I, I, I've never seen it before. 
And I kept underlining it. I've done the same this Bible. Two letters, do, D-O. Do is action. It's a verb. Do something. Action. And more than in Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, 95 times in Deuteronomy, he says, I want you to do this. I want you, you get over there. I want you to look back. This is what they did. This, this is what you do over here. But I want you to know this is what I want you to do. And I want you to conquer some land. And I want you to infiltrate. And I want you to be a people reserved, peculiar under me. Do that. Do that. They had no reason to guess. What does God want us to do? They knew. We get to chapter 12. And in chapter number um, Chapter number 10, yeah, we, we won't, I'll back you up in a minute, but chapter number uh, 8 and 9 and 10 and 11, and when you get to chapter number 11, all those chapters, God says, this is warnings. Here's some warnings I want to give you. And if you do this, this is the consequence. Isn't God good? He told us back here in Chapter 6, and don't need to turn back there. He said, these are your children. And I, I told you back here to teach them the law and, and to put on your house, on the walls and on the doors and on the frontlets of their eyes, put the word of God. Put, put, put God's word all before them and teach them diligently when you talk in your house and when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when that rises up, talk about how good God is. Amen. You ever, one of our kids, it's Tiffany, I think, she says to her kids at night, tell me the rose in your life today. They have five kids. Tell me the rose, the sweet things, the good things the rose in your life today. And then sometimes you'll say, now tell me the thorn in your life today. What'd you face that was hard today and it hurt? I, I, I wish we'd talk more to your kids. I wish I could tell you I was a perfect dad, but God knows I tried so hard every day, every day. I prayed about it every day, early, early, early in the before the sun was up. I prayed, oh God, I'd beg God to be a good dad. I used to know how to write the book, but now I think I, I'm so glad I didn't write the book on being a dad. But I can tell you, and I'm so we love our kids, they're all serving God full time. I can tell you this. Miss Streamer and I together, we work so hard at it. I know that if you ask our kids tonight, how many people in the church did your mother and dad ever say anything negative at home or at the table or in the car? Or who would they speak negatively about? They'd have to say, my mother and dad never criticized one family in our church. If they ever ask, if you ask them, how many preachers did... They, they say anything negative. Wow, that guy was not one. Not a one. I can recall one time they were young. They were junior high and maybe high school. We went to see a church. 
and we were in that church, and they, they treated us so rudely. Many of the people knew us, and they loved us, and they were good, but the pastor, he was just out of bounds. He was so unkind, and everybody saw it and felt it. We got in the car, and I said, kids, we, we all experienced it. They said, Dad, what was going on in there? And I said, you know what? We don't know, but we're not here to sit in judgment of that man. I'd appreciate it if you never tell this to anybody. First time I've told you that story. And our eldest, I think, is 40 about. I want you to know, you, you can't slice up everybody and have a good result. You can't be so opinionated. Oh, you need to have the authority of the scriptures and convictions. But when everything is always that everybody is wrong but you. And God is trying to deal with this with these people. Get over to chapter number, chapter number, uh, I, I know we're out of, uh, chapter number, um, let, I'm so sorry for stuttering here. Let's go to chapter number uh, 29. Shall we do that? 29, they, chapter 28 talks about the conditions of the king and all that, about being a king in the land. He talks about that earlier as well. He talks about divorce. He talks about, about separation. He talks about uh, protecting an innocent wife. He talks about uh, the brotherhood of man and, and how we should wear. He talks about going out to war and talking about how to take care of those that have passed away and the tribe of Levi and concerning a king. And uh, then he gets to chapter 30. And Moses in 31, 31, In verse 2, he says, I, I am 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee. And he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee. And the Lord has said. Verse 6, Joshua I'm asking you, be, 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 be strong and courageous. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Just, just stay with God. And he, and he speaks and he instructs the Levites the latter part of the chapter. Then he gets to chapter 32 and he sings a song. That's why we have some of the psalms that were written by Moses. He was a singer. And we get to chapter 33. He talks about the blessings of God. And then chapter 34, and Moses went up from the plain of Moab under Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah. And the Lord showed him all the land of Dan, Gilead and Dan. And the Lord said, verse 4 unto, 4 unto him, this is the land which I swear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. It's generational. And I'll give it to thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. You know, leave that with God. When you don't understand what God's doing, God always understands. And he died. It's an amazing book. It's looking back. It's looking forward. 
And when you get into this book in your Bible reading schedule, I pray that this do book, this words book, will come alive to you. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.